When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another serious disc agreement. I am one half of this show, Mr. Blake Howard. The other and better half, the sexy, beautiful man that he is, Alexi Toliopoulos. Welcome. You absolutely, this is the only man that makes my tits pop so good. Alexi Toliopoulos, welcome to a serious disc agreement with us, to the fans, to the people listening. This is an appropriately horny introduction to the episode <laughs> because, Blake, I'm so excited to talk about this freaking disc that we've got. This is perhaps, dare I say, my surprise release of the year, and it is Huge. far out. The sleaziest flick, one of the horniest <laughs> flickeroonies I've ever been seen, and it is a true iconic classic, finally given its due release <laughs> that is right for this serious disagreement we are talking none other than paul verhoven's iconic camp sleaze cult classic showgirls uncut so what are you going to vegas for you gonna win i'm gonna dance There's a spot open in the chorus line. I think you should try out. I got an audition! Okay, ladies. I got one interest here, and that's the show. I don't care whether you live or die. I want to see you dance, and I want to see you smile. From the creators of Basic Instinct, the last time they took you to the edge, this time they're taking you all the way. We take the cash, we cash the check, we show them what they want to see. It's not about fair, it's about power. You're a stripper, don't you get it? I'm a dancer. She's dazzling, she's exciting, and she's what Las Vegas is all about. Showgirls. Leave your inhibitions at the door. Released by Umbrella Entertainment, who we've had uh, many conversations mm-hmm. about now, who are doing the Lord's work in physical media. They have released this under a special new horny label called Sensual Cinema, mm-hmm. with a capital SIN on top of that. And this release, Showgirls Uncut, is their glorious first entry. And if this is them stamping yep. their authority in these kind of releases, this is what we 
love to see because I don't know how many times I've said this on Serious Disc Agreements or Imprint Companions. If you guys have heard Alexi and I talk about them before on One Hit Minute Productions or on Imprint Companion, we love a release that curates not only the film in its best possible mm-hmm. way, not only gets those new interviews, those new commentaries, those new features we love, is presented in glorious packaging, which this all has. But so many of these amazing cult flicks have incredible documentaries that go to like to the heart of the fandom. And the documentary, Jeff McHale's You Don't Know Me, spelt N-O-M-I like Nomi Malone. Um, in the film, played by Elizabeth Berkeley, is an incredible doco, mm-hmm. a fascinating one. Has another fa- friend of One Eight Minute Productions, the great Adam Naiman, yeah. who wrote It Doesn't Suck, the book about it. He's actually in the doco too. Man, oh man, to have a release that has all this squashed together. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Let's start mm-hmm. with one thing that I think the listeners have to know. In multiple weeks of horny, serious disagreement episodes, Lex, you have revisited films from Paul Verhoeven, who's one of your favorite filmmakers, that you haven't seen before. Yeah, dude. Please tell me your first impressions of Shadows. I love Paul Verhoeven. Weirdly enough, around this time, I've also just recorded an episode of Total Reboot on Robocop, one of my top 20 favorite films of all time, also by Paul Verhoeven. Great film. I had also watched Total Recall which is one of my favorite films of Paul Verhoeven that I have a podcast named after. And (laughs) Basic Instinct, we just did an episode on. Hadn't seen it before, adored it. An instant all-time favorite for me. This is my partner's favorite film of all time. And I just had never seen it. It just... I don't really know why it slipped on my radar. But when I think about it, it is... Some of these camp cult classics that I know that I will like because I'm camp myself and I love camp humor. I love um, interesting films like this that have got a following that is meta in some way, perhaps some irony around it. I am hesitant to watch because I don't know how to watch them. And by that, I mean, should I be going to one of these cult screenings? But then I'm yes. often of the thought, like, I, I don't know if you've ever been to a, a screening of The Room, the classic, the new camp classic. With the spoons. Yes. With the spoons. You got to do it. Th- I That was my first experience of The Room. I was hesitant to ever watch it until I went to Melbourne for my first trip to Melbourne with my now wife and we went. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply went out to a midnight screening of the room, had Mm -hmm. lots of drinks with lots of people in in the cinema, got our supply of spoons, threw them at the screen, had our 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 run sheet, yeah. our, our 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 chorus sheet to, to shout out the things that were meant to do at certain parts. And that was a, a it felt less like a movie mm. and more like a variety show. You know, exactly. it's it's a completely different experience. And it's so difficult because there's a time where I took some friends to a big screening of the room here and they hadn't seen it before. They teed it up, they organized it. I've seen the room many times, I loved it, and I hadn't seen it with an audience big before. 
And um, it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in the cinema. It was truly horrendous, and I felt sorry for my friends being introduced to this camp classic in this way. Same with me, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Never seen it because I don't know how to watch it. What do I meant to do? Watch it by myself at home in the middle of the day, crying? Huge confession. Never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show exactly. either. Same reason. Same reason. We don't know what to do. I, 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 th- I, I think it's been on TVs when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Like parents, friends, watch it, wherever watch it. I've never sat down to watch it because it's... Especially because of how much of a fond memory I have for the room. I'm yeah. like, I really want to go to the Rocky yes. Horror Picture Show as it is intended to be seen in one of these cult classics where people come out and do a burlesque mm-hmm. show in time with the film or whatever. Like I'm, I'm all down for that, but I've just never had the opportunity. So never, never, never sort it out. Mr. Blake Howard, dare I say this, this release number one in sensual cinema from Umbrella Entertainment of Showgirls is the way to watch it now. Yes. This was such a definitive release and such a definitive encapsulation of everything this movie is and should be that I cannot give it a higher recommendation. To me, this is an absolute must-purchase for physical media fans in Australia, dare I say in the world, that appreciate all the different textures of cinema, all the different things that cinema can bring you, the amount of joy I felt while watching this movie, the putrid disgust. <laughs> I think this is an absolute American epic and is made by one of the great satirical eyes and outsider eyes that have ever uh, chronicled American life and art. And I think that this really deserves to be up there with his stuff like Robocop, with his stuff like Starship Troopers and Basic Instinct that satirize the American experience from an outsider's perspective. I think that this, straight up, this movie is fucking awesome. (laughs) I love to hear you say that because what I love about this release is so... If there is anyone who has never seen Showgirls, I'm just going to give you the most brief of rundowns of it. We're sort mm-hmm. of like relentlessly spoiling it, touching on it, whatever. But it's a, there's a small town girl we meet at the beginning of the movie hitchhiking away into Las Vegas. Her name is Nomi Malone. She's played by Elizabeth Berkeley. She goes to Vegas. She wants to be a dancer. She is robbed on the way in. In typical Vegas fashion, she's robbed by a guy who's seemingly a nice guy on the way in. Mm-hmm. She then has a minor meltdown and, and finds a, a good Samaritan, if you like, in a friend there with her um, and who, who sort of gives her a place to stay and she's a costume designer at one of the most famous shows in town. Mm. And she gives her the kind of backdoor side stage entry into a potential audition there and she moves from a kind of grubby stripper in the most, you know, really effective and probably realistic strip joint in many movies that have ever been portrayed yeah. to become a behind the scenes show, uh, show girl and, and, and sort of a burlesque dancer, which is really just glammed up extreme sleaze as well. Mm. And even more decadent and debaucherous and amoral. And um, you kind of watch her rise and fall or, is it a rise and fall? There's a great quote that actually Adam Naiman wrote on the Criterion channel talking about film noir and saying that like it's like a Greek tragedy, but instead of people falling from the heavens, they fall from the gutter. And I would argue that oh. this film truly wow. has that noir rise and mm. fall, but the, the proximity of the fall is only from the curb into the gutter. 
and and back yeah. out of the gutter potentially into the curb. And it's a really mm-hmm. special movie that has been both fairly and extremely unfairly maligned because they yes. hang so much of the experience of this movie on Elizabeth Berkeley's performance and what I think is so generous in the, I guess, uh, uh, the revisionist view of this film is that Paul Verhoeven truly owns that he as a director maybe hung too much pressure on her as a young actor to Mm. hit the notes he wanted. He calls in a beautiful interview on this disc, he was demanding a staccato, I love it. A staccato performance from her as opposed to, and not only in the physical performance, but in the acting. And he said that that was maybe too much pressure. She couldn't handle it. But if you take, or or if you can sort of massage your view of this, you know, unfortunate, mm. immense pressure that is on this actor that has to do some of the most outlandish stuff on screen and has to just sell it to you in whatever way this outsider satirist is doing. There is nothing more nakedly honest about the cruelty of American capitalism than perhaps mm-hmm. Iceberg Slim's book Pimp, which was written <laughs> about a pimp um, breaking down his bottom bitches and being able to identify a woman looking at her about how many screws she could do in your employ and make you money. Like there is nothing almost as ruthless about capitalism that sort of skewers it than maybe pimp and showgirls. And it's probably no surprise that they are kind of these strange artistic bedfellows over decades. Um, And I just, yeah, it's a really special movie. Um, Absolutely. And I think those two texts, pimp and this, they have such a like a stronghold on popular culture. Yes. Like without Pimp, we don't have gangster rap. No. We don't have modern day rap without that book. No. We don't have sex rhymes. We don't have iced tea. We don't have anything like that. No. And I think that Showgirls is the same when it comes to like modern day cinematic sleaze. Like without this, we don't have either the elevated versions of it, the artistic versions of it, or the straight up like. Skinamax versions of it. <laughs> it's it's truly special. And and again, you don't know me, Jeff McCall's Doco does a great job mm. of talking about the spectrum of experience and talking about how it's yes. been revisited. But also talking about the passive way to enjoy this as like a camp cult classic where you do embrace mm. Elizabeth Berkeley's performance as well as the more serious stuff of like no, it actually is just as, you know, I love that you brought the Verhoeven lens as such a fan of his work onto it. It's like, it's a huge satire about America. And maybe because this is the most literally and figuratively naked satire that he created, maybe people just yeah, can't brother. cope with it. Um, but it is still one of the most special movies to share with people who've never seen it. Because you are either going to, mm. like, I, I, I text Alex. And I was like, I wish I could be filming my wife's face because she was, was her first yeah. viewing of this. And she was appalled, shocked, confused. She just had no, like the tonal shifts in this movie are so wild, um, especially yeah. led by Elizabeth Berkeley's performance that you're just like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going it's, on. I don't know how to feel. It's, it's really, it's really ambivalent. That performance is infinitely watchable because <laughs> it is... Truly uh, unlike performances you've seen before. And I got to say why this truly is like a surprise release of the year for me, where it's going to be my year-end list, no doubt to me, is because what it does beautifully is like it 
It packages in together every bit of context for this movie to land in your lap in the way it was intended by Paul Verhoeven and in the way that popular culture has since embraced it in even measure. Because beyond You Don't Know Me, which I think is the, probably the bonus feature of the year, uh, yeah. no doubt to me, like in the same way... It's a feature-length film. Uh, it's a, it's a, to, to, yeah. to just buy the disc and then get literally two films and a really mm-hmm. beautifully curated and terrifically produced movie doco. Like, it's not just a yeah. special feature. This is a whole feature-length film that you could have, Absolutely. and I guarantee you... Many people unlucky out there have literally got Showgirls on their shelf yes. and You Don't Know Me and you can buy this in the same pack right now. Same disc. Same disc. And I would put it equivalent to Francis Ford Coppola's freaking Amer- <laughs> uh, American epic Apocalypse Now coming out with freaking Hearts, Hearts of, Dar- of Darkness. Darkness on yeah. it. It is the equivalent of that. This is not just that on there, which is superb, sublime, fantastic and necessary it also has like the Razzie acceptance speech like all the footage from the Razzies of Paul Verhoeven going over to accept it and this is the ultimate Razzie movie Um, the Razzies if you are not indoctrinated in the (laughs) world of cinema the way Blake and I are they are uh, started out as a fun little party or something that friends would put on where they would honor the worst movies the night before the Oscars and uh, most movies of the year, as they deemed them, um, became quite a cult phenomenon, camp in its own regard. It's also, uh, this is the one of the iconic movies that they bestowed as being one of the worst movies of all time. This movie is kind of synonymous with the Razzies. And also it's emblematic of the Razzies' almost immediate shift into becoming like misogynistic yes. and uh, shitting on genre pictures and not uh, not embracing films on their level and just like trying to shit on like things that are either popular or that uh, teen girls like or that are being embraced by different audiences. Um, and this is probably like that turning point. Like it looks like a lot of fun there tonight, but then like poor Halle Berry and freaking Sandra Bullock just getting torn over because they're in like movies that they don't like is extremely yuck and ick. And it's so necessary for like what everything that this film represents and how it should be accepted. Those special features are very necessary in my opinion. Yeah, they are. And I think what, I think Paul Verhoeven killed them. Paul Verhoeven yeah. standing on that stage mm-hmm. and saying, you know, any press is good press and sort of having like this ultimate like classy thing where he basically turned the Razzies on themselves. Mm. Like they've just cannibalized, they, they, they've never had an answer for what a filmmaker doing and smiling and laughing and going, hey, you know what? I'm no stranger to controversy. I'm also no stranger to bad reviews. Some of my films have been wildly successful and been badly reviewed. This time it didn't work mm. out, but it is what it is. And, you know, failures happen in the context of your entire career. You look at it. But it's, yeah, I think he kind of killed them. But also, Lex, yeah. this Paul Verhoeven interview has some magic in it too. because It's sick, dude. It's so sick. Because he's talking about the like what kind of Ridley Scott made with Kingdom of Heaven. Like he's talking about a Crusades movie starring Mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger that like was in pre-production and he was like, oh, I have to pivot to something else because 
it, like the the brakes got pumped on it, and it was just like mm. wild what ifs as well around the whole context of him and his his stasis as a Hollywood kind of iconic director at the time. It's yeah, it's it's a really I mean. We've kind of gushed. It feels like they're kind of in close proximity. You know, we really enjoyed Basic Instinct, obviously, but it was like mm. Deep Cover. We recently talked about Showgirls. These are some of the best releases. Some of the best non-imprint releases that we've talked about this year are some of the best. Yeah. Um, just kind of back-to-back, wild stuff. Mm. It's it's pretty exciting, right? Like, and it's, I, I would say between, especially with this and Deep Cover, they are both releases I was not anticipating at all. And they came as such a, like a delightful surprise, mm. and they are ex- so worthy. And I think that is something that we are seeing right now. And I truly do believe that we are. There's never been a better time to be a collector of physical media. Yeah. The only worst thing is that it costs a lot of money to be doing it and to be getting all these like definitive <laughs> editions and exciting releases. But I think right now, because we're at this point where it's almost purely for collectors we are seeing films like this like deep cover but then your big stuff like your um the columbia 4k uhd box sets it's got your taxi drivers in it and your lawrence of arabia's we are seeing every type of film being honored in the ways that they should be honored now and strictly for the audience that wants to receive films in like their with the full context around them in like glorious releases. And I do really do think that I would put this up there in a way on par with all of those releases in a very earnest way. And it's different to what we talk about on imprint where a lot of those are like discovery films. Um, And so they provide the context to help you discover it. This is an important landmark film as far as what is known as so bad. It's good cinema being appropriately curated for you to fully capture that experience of what this film is culturally in a very elegant release. Like, I love the cover art. We've got the now iconic Showgirls poster where Elizabeth Berkeley looks like a freaking worm in the middle of the... Like, I only ever see this as a worm. But then opening it up underneath the slipcase and we've got like this kind of sultry hand-drawn Japanese poster. The Japanese poster looks so prestige and glorious on that. And then on the back, you've got this great Gina Gershon, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Berkeley in their sort of bondage, matching bondage outfits dancing. Um, You know that, that phrase, I'm sure that some of the folks listening have heard that, like, know the assignment. They know the assignment. Man, in this film surrounding that, you know, Kyle McLaughlin, Gina Gershon, there are mm-hmm. just some people who knew the assignment. And it's unfortunate for, you know, Elizabeth Berkeley at the time being sort of an inexperienced actor and doing this staccato performance and just quite not hitting the notes. But, man, it's 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 one of the great what-if movies of all time as well because it is truly, I think, people are able to appreciate her doing what she's doing and then appreciate the rest of the film. Mm. And I just want to say one last thing because you just nailed it so well. It's just like this performance is so special because it's so unique. It's like, it's the same way you watch uh, bad Lieutenant port of call New Orleans with, yeah, with, with Nick Cage and it's Werner Herzog sort of like riffing on Abel Ferrara's original Harvey Keitel classic. And he is getting, like this incredible, like German expressionistic 1930s performance mm. out of a guy in a modern Kabuki. day. Yeah, like crazy, 
performance out of a guy in what is a contemporary crime thriller. And um, you can either wholly embrace that for what it is, which is this kind of glorious experiment, mm. or you can kind of be grated by it and go like, oh, I don't get it. It's not normal. And I think that for people yeah. like you and I, and I think many of the folks who listen to this, like if you can, if you can couch the context around that performance, there is something truly um, it's mm. satirically special about this movie. And, and I think it just, it still works and it's just great. And it's also, yeah. it's one of those movies you can watch with a really satirical lens and have a great time and also just watch it and gleefully love yeah. the camp classic nature of oh, it. Absolutely. Blake, my only real criticism of this film is 131 minutes is too short for an epic <laughs> of this proportion. This should be like freaking Lawrence of Arabia or Malcolm X and go for like three and a half to four hours. Oh my God. I could be watching this for days. And I think a, a, an intermission could have sh- could have and should have happened. And God, with an overture with, so I can go wander around and cool off for a few minutes. <laughs> with an overture, but as the overture is playing, some of the dancers on the show start dancing on the screen and it becomes yeah. a number. It's an intermission yeah. that ends in a huge dance number because there are these huge, elaborate, inexplicable dance numbers that I don't. I think could be an essay about each one of them. But oh man, this is so great! So great to chat to you about this. Mm-hmm. So great that you've experienced. Oh, what a dream! It. So great! It's beautiful. So I, I love this movie. I loved it. I, I'll watch it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> And this gets my biggest like stamp of approval. I think that I mean this is also gonna like you'll get this in sales on JB Hi-Fi. Like this will get taken down like by thirty percent at some point in time. Right. This is an absolute no-brainer to just purchase. I I cannot speak highly enough about this release. Yeah. Top stuff, really great from Umbrella. It it's scary for them honestly because they yeah. brought Showgirls the Showstopper as number one. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yes. Like, that's the what o- is next? I have no idea what could be next, but if they're doing these kind of sleazy movies, I, I mean, and and, and mm. as curated with like companion documentaries, yeah. it narrows the list. But it, man, it's a special, it's a special part of this whole thing that we're seeing them do. It's great. I uh, hopefully, I I can imagine like some of the Emmanuel movies perhaps coming out on this mm-hmm. release. Perhaps that uh, what's that Bruce Willis horny one? The color Cut- of midnight or something oh my god um i'm the color of night The color of night yeah yeah i think the color of night's a good one i mean we had like another extremely horny movie um you know which year of the dragon is like it feels like a whole chunk of year of the dragon is that sort of same horny sleaze but it's like Mm. there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of Michael Douglas disclosures out. Is disclosures way disclosure? It's a weight. especially if they can have like all like context around uh, it would be fantastic. I mean, Michael Douglas is such a sex hound that he got cancer mm. from eating pussy. I mean, let's my lord, like what a king. Behave yourself, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Behave yourself. Yes, I did it. I did it. Good lord. You did it. You even made me blush on this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to towel off uh, together, but while we are toweling off and having an, a, a, a cold shower, Alexi, where can people find your beautiful words and your beautiful voice? Well, around this time now, whenever this episode drops, I'm sure also the Total Reboot discussion 
on the Paul Verhoeven Ultimate Masterpiece, Robocop, will have just been released. It's Cameron, James, and I on Total Reboot talking about man's versus machine movies. And we are joined by one of the, another huge Robocop fan in Australia, Nick Mason from the Weekly Planet, to go in on one of the all-time greats of American satire and science fiction cinema. If I want to line up two hours for you, I'm going to say listen to Basic Instinct that we did on Serious Disagreement. Yep. Follow it straight up because as we're recording this, we're going to be basically up simultaneously in your feed with the great Total Reboot Robocop mm-hmm. episode. And you can jump straight in and listen to Showgirls. That is a Paul Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven threesome in your ears. Yeah. Bless you. Absolutely. Folks. Can I also give a shout out? Last year, we did an episode on the Paul Verhoeven classic Hollow Man for an Invisible Man season. Yes, yes, I remember that and, episode. Um, I, that's got some of my favorite funny lines I've ever said on the podcast, <laughs> where I said that when Hollow Man gets the, the latex poured on his face to look human, he looks like Mortadella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was such a fun episode. Guys, you can also catch me. Uh, I've been... Toiling away at Zodiac Chronicle episodes, you will mm-hmm. hear the first episode of Zodiac Chronicle featuring none other than Robert Graysmith, the author Freaking hell, dude. of Zodiac, Zodiac Unmasked, and now Shooting Zodiac, a memoir about the journey up to making the film with David Fincher and Brad Fisher, and of course, who, mm-hmm. another member of the show, Jamie Vanderbilt. So I've been toiling away on that to bring that to you. Um, and I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. But we'll catch you on another episode of A Serious Disagreement very soon. Hi, this is Blake Howard, host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts.